Hey everybody, welcome to Tales from the Cryptocurrency, where I attempt to demystify cryptocurrency and take the horror out of Bitcoin and other altcoins. Today's price of Bitcoin as of 11-15-2022, November 15th, 2022, price of Bitcoin is $16,967. That is a total of up 2.9% for today. However, it is 63.4% down for the year. Ethereum is currently quoting at $1,264, currently up 2.4% for the day, uh, currently down 65.7% for the year. Uh, the cryptocurrency fear and greed index is currently rating at uh, 22, uh, signaling extreme fear. As you know, during times of extreme fear, this presents buying opportunities, and in times of extreme greed is when you want to sell. So uh, today, I just want to talk uh, probably extensively uh, about FTX because uh, we've all heard uh, what happened with the collapse on FTX. I've gotten tons and tons of email uh, asking for my take on this. Uh, I don't really have a take on, on this because uh, number one, I've never been a big FTX supporter. Uh, I've coded uh, cryptocurrencies and stuff like that on BNB. And I've always been a Binance supporter. My main issue with Binance is, is that it's overseas. I know that a lot of you uh, know me as a Solana developer. And generally, Solana developers are not fond of CZ, who is the uh, CEO of uh, BNB. But because I got my start on BNB coding Invisicoin back in the day uh, on BNB for uh, the Invisible Coin project, for the Invisible Dad project, uh, when I did that, I got to know their code, I got to know their exchange, I purchased BNB, I have BNB, I have MetaMask wallets that still hold BNB to this day. Uh, I uh, currently, um, a lot of times when I interact with people overseas, I send them BNB because even though we don't hear a lot about it here in the United States, uh, overseas in Europe, especially in Great Britain, uh, BNB is very is very commonly used. So it's almost like their Ethereum, I would say. Uh, it's uh, it's very commonly accepted. Uh, developers exchange BNB all the time. I get paid in BNB when I do stuff for people overseas. That's why uh, they send it to my MetaMask wallet. Or uh, if I'm looking for help or anything of the sort, I might send a developer um, in the UK uh, BNB as well. So I, I like it. I use it. Um, and even though I develop uh, quite often and mostly on Solana, uh, I guess I don't have a problem uh, back and forth. So it's mostly a culture thing amongst uh, Solana and BNB uh, users. Uh, Solana is all about speed and the NFTs and etc. And BNB is about is more about stability. So it, it's kind of like a good marriage, and that's why I've always uh, liked both of these. So I've never used the FTX exchange. I know it's been popular. They had Super Bowl ads and etc. And uh, it's been around for a while, but because I do business a specific way, um, just because it's it's familiar to me, I guess, not because uh, it's the right way or anything like that. I guess when I started, I started off uh, learning about BNB back in the day. And after that, you know, I, I, I learned, I think uh, Bitcoin was probably the first cryptocurrency that I, I ever learned uh, about and owned. And BNB was probably the second. Uh, I think I own BNB. Well, actually, there was a. Se I, I got in. I got in there for a second with uh, some Litecoin. So uh, I'll, I'll say Litecoin was the second cryptocurrency I owned, and then after that was uh, was BNB. BNB was exciting back in the day because uh, it was overseas. They had Binance US that you had to download and all that kind of stuff. Now, of course, just with a VPN, you can just interact with uh, Binance directly, uh, which is what most people do as it is. So uh, with that being said, uh, so my take on FTX is uh, I'm going to report to you what I have read. And in there, I'll interject uh, little things that, that I knew 
uh, coming along. As, as you're looking at blockchain and stuff, you kind of see little tidbits that sometimes raise suspicion of what's going on uh, with money that's being moved or backdoors or etc. And today we're going to talk a little bit about of course, the collapse, what caused the collapse. Uh, I'm also going to cover the Solana uh, connection. Why did Solana drop so drastically? Every cryptocurrency has dropped um, over this crash uh, right now, but Solana has been particularly affected, and I'm going to go into the reasons why that happened. I'm also going to cover uh, some basic, I'm just going to flat out call it conspiracy theory right now, but I'm a firm believer that where there is smoke, there's generally fire. So I want to talk a little bit about uh, Ukraine, um, the United States sending money to the Ukraine, the Ukraine investing heavily into FTX and FTX being a large, uh, actually the largest donor uh, for the Democratic Convention and how all of that's working out. And we're going to cover a little bit of uh money laundering 101, I guess, on here. On the other thing that I wanted to cover too, uh, a little bit of a bright thing on the NFT market and stuff like that, Nike uh, has launched an NFT marketplace called Swoosh, uh, and that is actually on the Polygon network, so good for them. I like it. I'm going to take a look at it. I'm also uh, developing some some projects on Polygon uh, as we speak as well. And then at the end of, of all of this, so I'll tell you a little bit about that. And at the end of all of this, I will cover what does all of this mean for MetaHedge? Does it mean anything? Is it the end or is it nothing? Well, actually, uh, we're going to find out and uh, we will as we talk about it. So let's begin at the very beginning of all of this. So, um, I guess you guys have heard of this guy, SBF, and this other guy, CZ, and uh, those are the protagonists in our story today. And I'm going to start off by telling you a little bit about each of these guys so that you can know um, who the players are and what's actually going on here. You could read a little bit between the lines as to what's actually happening in the background and why these guys are at each other's throats, maybe, uh, so to speak, so... Known by the monikers SBF and CZ, that is uh, Sam Bankman-Fried and Chengpeng Zhao. Uh, they could be seen as two sides of the same crypto coin. In a few short years, they built two of the largest digital currency exchanges. That's FTX and the biggest, which is Binance. Uh, as former business partners and major players in the multi-billion dollar industry, their highs and lows are intertwined but their backgrounds are very different. Bankman Freed, 30, uh, of 30 years old, is the son of Stanford University professors and a graduate of the Massachusetts Institute of Technology, known as MIT. He made multi-million dollar political don donations, appearing on Capitol Hill in regulatory lobbying drives, rubbing shoulders with the likes of Bill Clinton and Tony Blair at FTX conferences, and paying his company name to adorn the Miami Heat's basketball arena in Florida. His fortune, worth about about 16 billion at the start of the week has now evaporated and is actually in the negative numbers. So Zhao, uh, who is 45, was born in the coastal province of Zhengzhou, which is north of Shanghai, and followed his academic father to Canada. When he was 12, Zhao is now a Canadian citizen. Uh, um, after graduating from Montreal's McGill University with a degree in computer science, he worked on programming systems for the Tokyo Stock Exchange and Bloomberg before launching Binance in 2017. So his fortune has taken a hit too, falling by $79 billion this year to a still huge $16.4 billion, according to Bloomberg. It will probably remain under pressure as Bankman Freed's woes play out. So how did all of this start? Well, it uh, starts out uh, last week on Wednesday. And back then, uh, Zhao was in Lisbon last week uh, when the fuse was lit on the FTX crisis. The Binance chief executive was a headline speaker at the annual Web Summit 
which is a gathering of the great and good of the tech world. And as usual, he was defending the long-term future of digital assets. I think volatility is always going to be there. It's a traditional market. It's just like a stock market. If stock markets don't have volatility, who will invest is what he said uh, during this conference. It turns out a renewed bout of volatility was imminent. Was coming. As Zhao spoke, the crypto news service Coindesk published claims about the balance sheet of Alameda Research, a crypto hedge fund owned by the FTX founder Sam Bankman Fried. Alameda held billions of dollars worth of FTX's own cryptocurrency, which is called FTT. That was the native currency of FTX and had been using it as collateral in further loans. This meant that a fall in FTT's value would hurt both firms given their shared ownership. Come Friday of last week. Following the Coindesk report, a pseudonymous crypto research, Dirty Bubble Media published further claims about Alameda on Substack, the newsletter platform, by the way. Uh, Its newsletter asked if the company was insolvent, referring to the holding of a chunk of assets in FTT. It added, it's almost if SBF found a way to hack the financial system printing billions of dollars out of thin air against which he was able to borrow massive sums from unknown counterparties. Around Sunday of last week, Zhao set off alarm bells amongst investors uh, when he tweeted that due to uh, the recent revelations that have come to light, Binance would liquidate its holdings of FTT tokens. Its position was thought to be around 5% of the total, worth around $580 million before the currency crashed. In 2019, Binance had invested as a shareholder in FTX, by the way. It exited that shareholding last year and received $21.1 billion in Binance's own stablecoin, uh, which is uh, BNB and in FTT tokens as part of the deal as well. So as part of uh, Binance's exit from the FTX equity last year, Binance received roughly $2.1 billion uh, in USD uh, equivalent in uh, those tokens. Uh, So due to recent revelations that have come to light, CZ said in a tweet, uh, they've decided to liquidate any remaining FTT tokens on their books. This was a tweet that uh, ignited everything. As the consequences of the move rippled through the crypto industry, Zhao retweeted, we are not against anyone, but in the same post, he added, but we won't support people who lobby against other industry players behind their backs. A source close to Binance said that there was no ill intent toward FTX in the FTT sale. This lobbying aside appeared to be a reference to Bankman Freed, who had spent millions of dollars funding U.S. Democrat politicians and lobbying for closer regulation of crypto trading in Washington. Come Monday, Bankman Freed reacted to the weekend turmoil, and on Monday with his own series of tweets alleging a competitor is trying to go after us with false rumors, he added, FTX is fine, assets are fine. He didn't identify who he was referring to, but he then tagged Zhao, uh, who was committed $500 million of Binance's money to helping Elon Musk buy Twitter, uh, with a tweet in which he said, I'd love it at uh, CZ Binance if we could work together for the ecosystem. Come Tuesday, in an apparent cessation of hostilities, Zhao uh, announced that Binance would buy FTX and rescue it. This afternoon, FTX asked for our help, tweeted Zhao. There is a significant holding uh, for a liquidity crunch. To protect users, we signed a non-binding letter of intent intending to fully acquire FTX.com. Bankman Freed then confirmed that the deal on Twitter, things have come full circle and FTX is first uh, and last investors are the same. We have come to an agreement on a strategic transaction with Binance for FTX.com, etc. They had to do some due diligence during this time, and that was going to be the most consequential phrase uh, in that tweet. Uh, 
As rumors grew of a hole in FTX's balance sheet, Zhao suddenly pulled the plug and tipped Bank Friedman's enterprise into full-blown crisis. Having looked under the bonnet, Binance said it could no longer push ahead with the deal. In the beginning, our hope was to be able to support FTX's customers to provide liquidity, but the issues are beyond our control or ability to help, uh, said Zhao. Uh, Binance uh, said this in a statement as well, and Zhao tweeted that it was a sad day. Thursday, as FTX scrambled for a new white knight, Bankman Freed returned to Twitter to state that he had screwed up and should have done better. FTX's future was now in serious doubt, and around Friday, FTX filed for Chapter 11 bankruptcy protection in the U.S. in a move that included its uh, U.S. platform and Alameda. Bankman Freed was replaced as chief executive by John Ray III, a turnaround and restructuring lawyer who worked on the liquidation of collapsed energy giant Enron. Hours before the collapse was confirmed, Zhao warned the crypto market faced a 2008-style crisis with more failures to come. He told the conference in Indonesia that the global financial crisis was probably an accurate analogy to this week's events. For his part, Bankman Fried tried to stay positive, announcing uh, the bankruptcy on Twitter. He apologized again, saying hopefully things can find a way to recover. Hopefully this can bring some amount of transparency, trust, and governance. So those were the final uh, moments right there. Today's episode is also brought to you by StockForge. Have you wanted to learn more about stocks in a friendly community? StockForge is your answer. In the StockForge platform, you can also find my channel where I have the hottest airdrops from across the internet. In order to profit from crypto, timing is crucial. And what better timing is there than at the very beginning of a project? Receive tons of free crypto and NFTs on the Cryptony Airdrops channel only on StockForge. Use promo code Cryptony to try it for free. Make sure to sign up for Tales from the Cryptocurrency on our Facebook group, where I post the podcast first and also answer questions and post important information on the latest crypto or NFT craze. This episode is also brought to you by MetaHedge, one coin for every metaverse. MetaHedge holders are profiting from the moves of expert of an expert board in the metaverse space. They invest the company's holdings into metaverse opportunities such as real estate, 3D construction, NFT art management, and sports memorabilia cataloging and digital verification. MetaHedge is the most unique coin in the meta space and certain to be a future big-time player as the meta space develops. MetaHedge, one coin for every metaverse. So what happened in summary here? Well, if you're having trouble keeping up with the FTX drama, I don't blame you. This story has more twists and turns than a Euphoria episode. And I want to make sure that everyone's on the same page uh, before today's uh, new news uh, comes out. So let's recap uh, what we knew before the weekend. And that is that FTX is bankrupt. FTX had $900 million of assets and $9 billion plus dollars of liabilities. Alameda and SBF had a backdoor so they could secretly access billions in FTX and customer deposits. FTX and Alameda execs knew everything and exactly what was going on. And funds and exchanges like BlockFi, rest in peace, Galaxy, Jump, and uh, more had hundreds of millions of dollars in FTX, including Tom Brady and Giselle. So uh, a lot of people got caught up in the FTX uh, saga. And new news keeps coming out uh, constantly. Uh, this week, we've learned several new developments. According to reports, uh, Samuel and FTX executives are under police supervision in 
in quotes, in air quotes, I would say, in the Bahamas. It's been a nice ride for Samuel. He raised hundreds of millions uh, from VCs, hung out with Tom Brady, moved down to the Bahamas, and YOLO'd billions of customer funds like Wall Street bets traders. But it looks like the lights turned on, the parents showed up, and the party's over now. Or is it? Word on the street is that FTX executives are trying to get Dubai, uh, so they're trying to leave from the Bahamas and get there. So it's not a ride of sand dunes uh, to get away from those brutal Bahamian winners. But uh, Dubai is one of the few countries in the world that doesn't have extradition treaties with the U.S. So Samuel would actually uh, be uh, welcome there. And uh, he was there just a few weeks ago visiting. So. Maybe he's got his disguise ready for uh, Dubai and the police supervision in the Bahamas. Can't be too strict, though. It looks like Samuel was able to squeeze in a few League of Legends games over the weekend. SBF was playing Leagues of Legends while FTX crumbled around him and the authorities uh, closed in on him. Guys, you can't make this stuff up. So, what is uh, the Bahamian government's police uh, watch? Is it daddy daycare? And it probably is because Samuel and a team have been bribing Bahamian officials uh, for years now. According to a former FTX employee, Samuel and company donated to police, politicians, and banks. The least they can let them do is play a little bit of Leagues of Legends during these oh-so-stressful times. So... Where has all this money from FTX gone? Where's Tom Brady's money? Where's Giselle's money? And all of that kind of stuff. Well, it wouldn't be another day in the FTX Chronicles without hundreds of millions of dollars going through the spin cycle. On Saturday, someone moved the remaining supply of locked FTT tokens from the FTX deployer to a random wallet. The $195 million of FTT, which is worth about $380 million, was scheduled to be unlocked in batches over years. First, the $400 million hack. Uh, now FTX's native tokens are suspiciously unlocked. Hmm. I wonder how many people had access to the FTX deployer contract as well as customer deposits. Maybe one of their names rhymes with Ham Tankman Deed, right? <laughs> so you can't dream up a better script and right on cue, Michael Lewis, the author of The Big Short, has been following Samuel for the last six months. Michael Lewis is one of the best authors of our generation. Moneyball, Liars Poker, Flash Boys, The Blind Side. This guy doesn't miss. In an email from his CAA agent to potential buyers uh, got leaked. And uh, in the email, it said that... And it starts here. It says, for the past six months or so, Michael Lewis has been traveling with and interviewing Sam Bankman-Fried. His childhood, early success on Wall Street, embrace of effective altruism, and the creation of the crypto empire that catapulted him in record time into the ranks of the richest people in the world seems more than sufficient for a signature Michael Lewis book. Of course, the events of the past week have provided a dramatic surprise ending to the story. It also highlighted the rivalry between Bankman Fried and Binance head Shengpeng Zhao. Michael likens them to Luke Skywalker and Darth Vader's of crypto. Michael hasn't written anything yet, but the story has become too big for us to wait. And uh, let me know if I've piqued your interest on that. You can drop me a line at CryptoKeeper2U. That's CryptoKeeper, the number two, the letter U, at gmail.com. And my favorite line from that email is, no words have been written, but Lewis likens SBF and CZ to Luke Skywalker and the Darth Vader of crypto. Consider my interest peaked. Is Samuel Luke or Vader? If CZ is Vader, are we all doomed? I don't know. I'll be waiting to read this classic with super anticipation. Talking about FTX, uh, FTX exchange and other exchanges in trouble, uh, is crypto.com in trouble? 
There was always something off about Crypto.com, I used to think. The first time I heard about them was when they bought their naming rights to the Lakers Arena for $700 million. Crypto exchanges plus NBA arenas equals death, it seems like, these days, being that FTX also named the Miami Heat Arena, which was another NBA arena. So it was weird, but I'm sure they crunched the numbers and decided it was worth it, right? So a couple of uh, other things started to pop up. Uh, when I was scanning the news on Crypto.com. Uh, one, they accidentally sent $10 million to a woman in Australia. That's never good when you're in charge of uh, many crypto wallets or in custody of uh, other people's money. Um, they also claimed fi $50 million plus active users earlier this year. 50 million the two largest exchanges binance and coinbase have 36 million combined so just like ftx they launched a token out of thin air called crow it was uh dollar sign cro was the was the sign or is the the sign that's when my meta hedge sense started tingling and uh this is when i heard uh this weekend uh some stuff that kind of confirmed that on October 21st, Crypto.com sent 320,000 of Ethereum or 400 million uh, dollars to, at the time anyways, uh, to Gate.io, another crypto exchange. On October 28th, Gate sends the ETH back to Crypto.com. November 11th, 20% of Crypto.com's reserves are in Shiba Inu was announced. November 12th, Crypto Twitter finds out what happens and tagged the Crypto.com CEO who said it was an accident. According to Crypto.com's website, 100% of customer deposits are held in offline cold storage. So if you accidentally send $10 million to a woman in Australia and then you accidentally send $400 million or 80% of your cold storage ETH to another exchange... Uh, what the heck's going on? And their CEO just tweeted the kiss of death, uh, which is uh, what I, I tend to call the kiss of death. And those are tweets that say stuff like withdrawals are being processed as usual. No FUD, please. Or deploying more capital. Steady lads. So uh, these kinds of things are things that we saw in FTX. Uh, for example, all funds are safe. We continue to be open for business as usual. A competitor is trying to go after us with false rumors. FTX is fine. Remember to hear that kind of stuff? Well, Crypto.com is uh, putting out those withdrawals are being processed as usual. That to me sounds like the Grim Reaper knocking doors, just like the Grim Reaper knocked on the doors of Alameda, kicked in FTX's doors, kicked in BlockFi's doors, and now we hear a soft rapping at Crypto.com. Just remember, where there's smoke, there's usually fire, and this smells to me like a damned wildfire. Remember, I said it here first. Also, uh, to those of you that said that there would never be twelve and fourteen thousand dollar Bitcoin uh, about four podcasts ago, uh, well, we're at sixteen thousand dollar Bitcoin right now, and it's starting to look like uh, the numbers could be going down a little bit. So, doesn't mean the end of the world, though. Um, I personally like uh, dip, and uh, I plan to use this opportunity to buy as much as I can. So. How does all of this work around with Solana? Is there a problem in Solana? Well, just recently, Solana Foundation revealed that it held roughly $1 million worth of cash or its equivalent, less than 1% of its assets on the bankrupt crypto exchange FTX as of November 6th, according to a November 14th blog post that came out. So according to the foundation, it also had 3.43 million FTX tokens, which is that FTT uh, that we were talking about earlier, and 134.54 million uh, serum, which is SRM tokens on the exchange floor before it stopped processing withdrawals. 
Serum, by the way, is a Solana-based decentralized exchange founded by Sam Bankman-Fried as well. Uh, so as you can see, uh, with the Serum collapse, um, it's going to be a problem. Uh, for Solana as well. And in addition to all the staked Solana that was uh, commonly being held. So the foundation stated that it also held 3.24 million shares of FTX trading uh, common stock. Cumulatively, the crypto assets were worth around $190 million before the exchange's liquidity crunch, uh, but their value has now dropped to less than $35 million. Uh, as of the time of this podcast, uh, so FTX bought over 50 million soul. The foundation continued that FTX and its sister company, Alameda Research, purchased 50.5 million units of Solana between August 20th and January 2021. These tokens are valued at over $700 million based on the current value of Solana and are scheduled to unlock in 2028. Apart from that, Solana Labs said that it uh, sold over 7.56 million soul or 106 million to Alameda Research in 2021. These tokens will unlock for trading in 2025. So other relationships with FTX, Solana Foundation also detailed other relationships with FTX over the weekend. The foundation revealed that the Serum community was working to remove the influence of FTX over the decentralized exchange as developers have organized and deployed a new verified build of Serum with a unique program ID. Another Solana-based protocol affected by the relationship with FTX is Solid. Solid issues FTX, Alameda-backed wrapped Bitcoin and Ethereum for the Solana DeFi ecosystem. These assets have rapidly depegged as fears within the community are that they are no longer redeemable because of FTX's bankruptcy. CoinGecko data shows that uh, Solid BTC lost uh, 95% of its value over the last seven days, while Solana Ether has uh, shed 83%. The Solana Foundation wrote that the total exposure to Solid-based assets on Solana in circulation is valued at approximately $40 million as of November 10th, 2022. The status of the underlying assets is unknown at this time. Meanwhile, Crypto Slate data shows that Solana has hardly reacted to the news. It's up 1.83 over the last 24 hours. But uh, it did have an aggressive drop uh, before then. So Solana currently is trading around $14. There has been talk of 3 and $5 Solana coming up on the on the. Uh, in the future. And the reason for this is basically because these unlocked tokens uh, constantly get dumped. And as they get dumped, then that money will be used to pay back some of this FTX liquidity. And as those staked tokens that were currently just being held on the network, network uh, begin to get released, then the price of Solana will continue to drop. Now, one of the good things is, is that on the developing standpoint from developers side, Everybody's kind of looking at this FTX thing as a good thing. Reason being is because a lot of the Solana funds were actually intertwined with FTX and FTX was intertwined with Solana in a lot of ways. So by FTX going away, Solana is actually becoming more decentralized, uh, which was one of the main complaints that people had about Solana. They were saying for a decentralized blockchain, it was actually pretty centralized because um a lot of the servers and a lot of these staking platforms are being held by the same companies. And FTX is one of these. As you guys know, we built our own validator for Solana as well at MetaHedge. And it's one of the things that we currently have on the test net. And, uh, and as we do this, uh, we're currently working on, on getting, of course, over to the mainnet beta, uh, which would begin to pay us on, on the validations of that. So like one of the things that we're looking at is we're trying to add to the ecosystem as well, right? And become, help it become decentralized. And other people are trying to help that, uh, are trying to help 
Solana become decentralized by setting up validators and uh, helping spread the the burden of all these validations amongst the chain rather than keeping them in a in a few uh, in a few certain places. Of course, money talks and bullcrap walks. So uh, with the funds that FTX had. Well, of course, they they became major players in the Solana ecosystem as well. But Solana will actually survive uh, this uh, this thing. Will it have a a bottom? Yeah, probably it's going to see a bottom. And uh, from the bottom, well, then uh, it will start to move up. And the projections are. That Solana will hit the all-time highs of 163. The projections are that it will go higher than that. Uh, so overall, in the Solana exchange, people are saying that this is a a good uh, a good thing, right? So um, I would say that uh, I consider it a good thing. Maybe. I don't know. It's hard to say uh, right now. I will tell you that on the other hand, I'm, I'm keeping my eye on it uh, because obviously I hold Solana and other people are holding Solana. So one of the things that I'm going to do is if it does get three to five, I'm going to buy more. You're in deep, right? So what are you going to do at that point? So I'll probably buy some and uh, and hold it. So like in the meantime, right now at this $14 price, though, I still think that it's too wishy. I mean, I don't know. I'm going to keep my eye on it. If it starts to head in the other direction, then maybe I'll FOMO, FOMO in and purchase some more or just hold my positions and etc. The one thing I'm not going to do is I'm not going to sell any of my Solana. So uh, that uh, isn't even a choice. So if it goes to zero, then I will hold it to zero and uh, we'll see what happens after that. In the case that it does go to zero, though, then that would mean that the chain would fall. All the validators would, uh, of course, go offline and Solana would cease to exist. Um, and well, I mean, that's, that's a definite possibility. That's something that can happen, but we all kind of know that Solana was a beta project to begin with. And that at some point it's, it's got to go to, to, to an alpha chain or they have to launch a main, launch a main net, uh, you know, uh, for, for Solana. So I don't know. I've kind of been ready for it. Um, when I, we launched MetaHedge, I coded tokens on the Ethereum platform, which now Ethereum launched uh, ETH 2.0, which is a little bit better than Ethereum. Uh, but we also have a backup, uh, which is a BMB backup as well. So uh, with things happening, the worst that can happen is uh, we would have to switch tokens from one chain and go to the other. Um, and uh, and then we would continue business as usual from there. Of course, uh, we have the meta name on uh, the Solana chain, uh, so we don't want to see Solana go away uh, at this point because it's uh, one of the things that we have. But right now, MetaHedge has so many things going on with the with the search engines that's getting ready to get put behind a paywall. Everybody's going to make money on that. Um, we have other projects, these NIL platforms and stuff like that. That as they get launched, everybody will make money on those, and we have. Uh, other technology that we're getting ready to launch too, including some military applications for some of the stuff that like we've done. So uh, in addition to that, with all the development deals uh, currently coming in and and uh, the way that we're progressing in the metaverse space as developers and, and uh, producing uh, actual uh, locations and stuff like that in the metaverse, one of the things that we'll look at is, is, uh, you know, stabilizing our, our crypto, which is one of the things that like we've actually done. So once we stopped selling the cryptocurrency asset to other partners, we gave the opportunity for our partners to sell that, uh, or, um, basically, um, share the opportunity to join in to MetaHedge, uh, by selling some of their assets. And, uh, as we watch what happens over the next few months, then we will continue to to uh stay on track for 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 our december 
uh, go on to onto an exchange. So actually, to change the what the the first asset is if, as long as we don't have a collapse of the Solana chain, which could uh, slow us down, then uh, basically things will just progress as as they currently are according to our to our timeline. So uh, the first thing that we'll do is we'll have our token swap, and then after our token swap, then we'll be looking at putting our token on DEX. So and we'll actually have another decentralized exchange. And with the collapse of FTX, one of the good things that we look at is there will be people looking for new decentralized exchanges that are actually producing. So we've uh, done a good job of keeping things uh, within our grasp so that we could produce. And uh, maybe that will come back uh, to help us uh, in the future as well. One of the very interesting things about all of this um by the way is that uh over the course of of my doing research on all of this and etc uh it, i came across uh some articles that basically show that um a lot of this money from the democrat uh well i shouldn't say from the democrats but uh a lot of the money that like we've been sending to the ukraine um as foreign aid, the Ukraine has been investing in FTX. So that led me to start looking and see what's going on. And then I came across uh, many other articles that shows that like FTX actually donates back to the Democratic Party. So if you know about uh, money laundering, the way that it works is this is how it works, right? There's a three-step process. Number one, foreign aid goes to the Ukraine. Number two, the Ukraine invests that money into FTX. And then number three, FTX donates that money back to the Democratic Party. So that's something uh, to kind of uh, take a look at. And and we know that like uh, Sam is currently hiding and, and all of that kind of stuff, but uh, we have to kind of see what's happening in the political space now um, because the the Democrats have now called for this immediate uh, regulation of cryptocurrencies as needed, right? So uh, we have all of like these people coming out and, and saying, well, we need to regulate crypto because look at what happened at FTX. But they've been using uh FTX uh, f to as as a common force of a form of business. I mean, the sudden collapse of of the FTX crypto exchange has has basically revealed it to be nothing more than a dark money slush fund for Democratic candidates in collusion with Klaus Schwab's World Economic Forum and the Ukrainian government. I mean, I know that's like a lot to unpack there, but if you start to look at it, it seems that before the midterms, Bankman Fried was touted by Politico as the Democrats' newest mega donor and potential Democratic savior. So after his donations to the far left, the Democratic candidates surpassed all other donors, with the exception of George Soros, by the way. I've never seen anything like that on, on this scale. Uh, so, um, as a matter of fact, Bradley Baychuk, who's, who's co-founder of American Bridge 21st Century, a Democratic super PAC, uh, said that on our side, there's a small pool of people who write these kinds of checks, and they tend to be the same folks. But Sam, to his credit, came right in with a big splash. So in total, Bankman Freed, by the way, spent almost 40 million on Democratic candidates this year. Uh, Fortune magazine says that the 30 year old Bankman Freed has been a major force in Democratic politics, ranking as the party's second biggest individual donor in the 2021-22 election cycle. According to Open Secrets, with donations totaling 39 8 million. The ranks only behind George Soros, uh, who donated 128 million. But he's also ahead of many other big names, including Michael Bloomberg, who donated 28.3 million. Uh, what's more, he had promised to spend far more on Democrats moving forward, predicting in May that he'd fund north of 100 million and had a soft ceiling of $1 billion for the 2024 elections. Bankman Freed also donated $10 million to then candidate Joe Biden in 2020. The fact that 
uh, Ukraine military aid funds had invested heavily in FTX earlier this year is starting to make a lot more sense to me. FTX is also an official World Economic Forum partner, and FTX, uh, FTX's, I should say, Sam Bankman-Fried stepped down uh, as the FTX CEO after it was revealed that his exchange had filed for the Chapter 11 bankruptcy in the face of a spectacular multi-billion dollar liquidity crunch, but the now that the WF WEF aligned Democratic slush fund has been exposed for what it was all along. All regular investors are paying the price on midterm election day, having funneled tens of millions of dollars uh, to Democrats in the last few months. Bankman Freed managed to lose nearly 94 percent of his estimated 15.6 billion dollar fortune. The U.S. branch of FTX is now valued at one dollar down from a high of $8 billion in January. Bankman-Fried is now under investigation by both the Department of Justice and the U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission. And Jamie White reports that a YouTuber named Nobody Special Finance secondly explained the FTX Ponzi scheme that led to its collapse this week. In his YouTube show, the... Uh, the, uh, the YouTuber says, the truth is that... Sam Bankman-Fried is a liar and a crook. His personal crypto FTX token was basically a Ponzi scheme. He used his Ponzi token as collateral to borrow billions of real dollars that he couldn't pay back. He then used those real dollars to build an empire out of dying companies. Sam Bankman-Fried then sold people cryptos like Bitcoins, or so they thought. What they really bought was an IOU. In essence, Bankman-Fried used his corrupt earnings to finance the Democrats' midterm races to head off a red wave. And now that FTX has imploded, Democrats are saving face by renewing calls for the crypto space to be heavily regulated. And there you go, guys. In a nutshell, the connection to everything. So what does all of this mean for MetaHedge? Well, doesn't really mean anything. Uh, number one, MetaHedge's uh, coin has, is not pegged to any of these cryptocurrencies. We don't keep our coin on exchange, so uh, there's nothing like that. Our coin operates more like a stock would, um, and basically the amount of, of coins that you hold is a lot like the amount of stock that you hold in the company. The company produces profits, and from when we produce profits, we use those profits to pay our investors. Uh, so with that being said, that's the model that's being projected, and with that really it doesn't matter whether bitcoin is at a million dollars or bitcoin is at one dollar doesn't really affect us uh what affects us is whether or not we wake up and go to work every single day and whether we produce that's that's what affects us also um uh what could affect us uh what could be bad well, a complete collapse of the Solana chain, a complete collapse of the Solana chain would then force us to, well, basically just look at our records and see uh, what everybody had in their wallets. And then we would issue that same amount of tokens out of another chain. For example, BNB, if we went there, which is looking more and more attractive to me as the saga works out. So maybe MetaHedge uh, or MetaCash becomes a BNB project. I do have a surprise uh, on the BNB side that uh, we've never mentioned because we never thought that BNB would become a major player. But uh, there is something that I did way back in the day, um, and I would say this about four years ago. When I first started coding on uh, the Binance network, uh, I figured that there would be an opportunity. And since, um, well, we'll talk about it maybe in the next podcast. So in the next podcast, we'll talk about what will happen if we need to go from Solana to Binance. How will that affect everything? Is it, is it a possibility? Well, it doesn't have to be for right now. Uh, remember, we set our project up on Solana as it was a beta project, and we knew that someday we would have to switch nets. So uh, we're safe for right now. Anyways, that doesn't mean that 
crypto regulations uh, could affect us uh, as they start to to become, you know, uh, deployed by by uh, political parties. We'll see which way things go one way or another. But for right now, we're just navigating the waves and reporting the news. The FTX collapse doesn't have anything to do with us, um, doesn't have anything to do with with. Uh, with anybody unless you had your money on FTX. And one of the things that I recommend also, and I've always said, if you have your money uh, or your cryptocurrency stored on any of the following uh, exchanges, you are at the same risk as the FTX collapse. If you have your money on Coinbase, if you have it on Robinhood, if you have it on any of these exchanges, then you're at risk. You're always at risk of that exchange collapsing, the somebody hacking the exchange or whatever. The best thing to do is to take your cryptocurrency, purchase it, and put it in cold storage. What's cold storage? A piece of paper with your key written on it, how much you have when you bought it, and that's it. Laminate it, put it away, and then someday you'll be able to go back to it. While it's in cold storage, nobody can take your, your cryptocurrency. Um, and also remember from day one, when I said in the cryptocurrency podcast, I said, listen, not your keys, not your crypto. If you don't have the keys to your cryptocurrency, if you don't have that seed phrase, it's not yours. It's not yours. If you don't have the string and, uh, and you don't have the actual string, of characters that leads to the cryptocurrency. That's what's known as the key. If you don't have that, then you don't have it. If you have something that says, I've got one Bitcoin on Robinhood, and it shows you that you have one Bitcoin and you're gaining interest on it, and, uh, and you can sell it, and you can add to it, even though it looks like that cryptocurrency is yours, it's not. That cryptocurrency belongs to Robinhood. And what they're doing is they're giving you an IOU for it. And then they're hoping that as you exchange, you'll make money or you'll lose money. And they're going to keep it. But if you sell it, then they'll sell theirs to pay you back. But uh, you're not actually selling the Bitcoin. Okay, so just keep that in mind as as you go through and as you learn more about cryptocurrency, always get to the source, always get the actual uh, key that's on the chain and you maintain that and keep that secret. Okay. All right, guys, with that being said, none of this is financial advice. So don't listen to any of this. Um, I'm a moron, so don't listen to anything that I have to say. Make your own cho choices. Do your own research. Follow along uh, if you want to with what I'm doing. Um, but don't uh, take any financial advice from me. I'm not a professional. It's not what I do. So don't risk it. But with that being said, now's the time to buy the dip. If you've ever wanted to see a dip, this is what a dip looks like. A dip, by the way, isn't when cryptocurrency loses 10 or 15%, by the way. I don't even consider that a dip anymore. This is a dip, okay? This is when you buy, okay? Those little drops of 10 to 15%, that's a correction. If by now you haven't learned to stomach those things as just the normal course of business, then you're wasting your time in the crypto space, okay? Drops of 10, 15%, that's not a dip. That's nothing, it's nothing. This is a dip. So when you hear me say, buy the dip, this is what I was talking about. Maybe you'll buy this dip and then you'll buy some more dip because it might dip more. And that's what we've been talking about. It might actually dip more. There's enough indicators that say that more crap can happen and that will cause further instability. But you can capitalize on that. And eventually, it'll go the other way. And when it goes the other way, you'll be poised because you bought the dip. All right. So, guys, if you don't do anything else until the next time that we meet, just buy the freaking dip. I'll catch you later. <laughs>